The LA Kings' inconsistent season continues with a disappointing loss to the Sharks. Does Todd McClellan have any answers? That and more on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We would love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we are on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show. That's been putting out content for the last 17 years and a passionate L.A. Kings fan for over 30 years. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. The L.A. Kings look to follow up their strong effort and big win over a good New York Rangers team on Saturday with a win over the lowly San Jose Sharks on Monday. Well, that didn't happen. If you missed the game, we'll give you a brief recap. Uh, but there was one lineup note going into the game against San Jose that was at least a bit unexpected, maybe not for the Kings, but for fans. Uh, and that would be Kings defenseman Matt Roy sitting out this game. He was a late scratch, but it was for a good reason, as he was with his wife for the birth of their first child. So congratulations to the Roy family. Brant Clark would take Matt Roy's spot on the second pairing along with Vladislav Gavrikov. We'll talk a lot more about Brant Clark's night a little bit later. As for the game, and despite plenty of good scoring chances and shots on goal in the opening period, Kings found themselves tied 0-0 against the Sharks after one period. Then suddenly in the second period, the Sharks would score strike in less than uh, would score twice in less than two minutes. And the Kings suddenly found themselves down 2-0. Now the Kings were able to salvage a little momentum out of that second period on a late goal from Trevor Moore, his team leading 21st of the season. Another one of those wicked wrist shots from man from Thousand Oaks. Uh, Kevin Fiala had an assist, and it was 2-1 Sharks going into the third period. In the third, Quinton Byfield would tie it up with his 14th goal of the season. Adrian Kempe and Jordan Spence with the helpers. But San Jose would respond to grab a 3-2 lead late in the game. Kings would a great opportunity with a power play, and then they would pull the goalie for the extra attacker, and Drew Doughty would capitalize with a blast from the point to tie it up at 3-3, and it looked like the Kings might be able to pull this one out. Kevin Fiala and Quentin Byfield had the assists on that late goal from Drew Doughty. After a scoreless overtime in which the Kings dominated, uh, we would go to a shootout. Trevor Moore and Adrian Kempe failed in their shootout attempts while David Riddich failed to stop both of the San Jose shooters that he faced and the Sharks. The worst team in the NHL skated off with a 4-3 win. The Kings dropped to 22-13-9 on the season, 8-8-6 at home this year. As for the game stats in this one, uh, shots on goal heavily favored the Kings, 47 to 27 in this one. Yes, 20 more shots for the LA Kings than the San Jose Sharks, including the Kings out shooting the Sharks 18 to 7 in that opening period, but they could not score a goal. 
On the power play, the Kings were one for three with that Drew Doughty power play goal in the final moments to tie it up and at least salvage a point out of it. Sharks were 0 for 1 with a man advantage. Faceoffs favored San Jose 29-24. Block shots favored the Sharks 20-13. to And the hits favored San Jose 24-14. This is an awful loss, period. Uh, I don't care that the Kings outplayed the Sharks. I don't care that San Jose goalie Capo Kakinen played out of his mind, especially in the first period. I don't care that the Kings rallied to at least scratch out a point. The Sharks were 1-14-1 in their last 16 games. The Kings had a six-game winning streak against San Jose, the worst team in the league. Kings are coming off a great game and a win over the New York Rangers, and they cannot build on it. They cannot get two points, which is what the Kings need when they face teams like the Sharks because the Kings now find themselves in a playoff race. You cannot lose. Well, actually, I guess it's better to say you have to get two points against teams like San Jose, period. Period. Uh, Head coach Todd McClellan was asked after the game if he felt that the season was slipping away. And what did the Kings head coach have to say? Quote, no, I wouldn't say the season's slipping away, but I would say that there is concern and that there is frustration. Definitely frustration. We try and fix the offense, and there's something going wrong with the defense and vice versa. I don't sense, to your initial question, I don't sense that at all, that the season is slipping away. It's hard not to feel like the season is slipping away because of what the LA Kings have done over the last month or so of the season and losing a game to the San Jose Sharks obviously does not help that feeling at all. Um, I, I mentioned it on Monday's show after the big win over the Rangers after a very solid effort by the Kings that if they were to lose the next game against the Sharks, it would almost feel like it cancels out that great game against the Rangers. And I'm a pretty positive guy. I try not to be too negative. Um, The Kings did outplay the Sharks. The effort, again, is there. There were a lot of good things. The other team's goalie did put on a great performance. But in the end, like I said, you you have to get two points against that team. Period. Uh, let's get to the pluses and minuses, uh, for the game against the sharks. And if you missed Monday's show, I've changed the name of our, what did we like? What did we not like part of the show when we're recapping a game? Uh, so the pluses for the LA Kings, Kevin Fiala, uh, two assists for his 11th multi-point game of the season. If only the Kings could somehow bottle and drink, whatever it is, Kevin Fiala has got going on right now. He is flying all over the ice. He is making things happen. Uh, he had a great chance in overtime to win it, just could not get it past Kapo Kakinen. Uh, He's not taking the pad, bad penalties that we've seen on occasion this year. He has cut down on the risky passes while still making great passing plays early in the game. He had a pair of outlet passes for odd man rushes, one of them a two-on-O that the Kings unfortunately couldn't take advantage of. But Kevin Fiala is playing his best hockey of the season right now. And unfortunately, it kind of feels like it's being wasted uh, a bit because the Kings don't seem to be taking advantage of it. I wish everybody could play to the level of Kevin Fiala right now because he's playing some great hockey. Uh, Brant Clark took advantage of his opportunity, got in the lineup because of Matt Roy being out. We're going to detail his night. It was a very good night. One one bad moment, but otherwise a very good night for Kings young defenseman Brant Clark. 
As for veteran defenseman Drew Doughty, keep shooting the puck, Drew, on the power play from the point. Uh, 11th goal of the season for Doughty. That leads all Kings defensemen. As for the minuses, well, there's the obvious. You lose the worst team in the league and you're battling for a playoff spot. That's a gigantic minus. The Kings record in games that go beyond regulation is awful. 11 times the Kings have played in overtime or a shootout, and their record in those games is 2-9. and nine. And in particular, in the shootout, the Kings are craptastic at 1-6. and six. I don't have a good explanation for it. The Kings were not a bad team in the shootout last year. They've got pretty much the same lineup. Uh, last season, they were 6-3 and three in games that went to a shootout. So why it's become an issue this year, I don't know. But it is. Is Pierre-Luc Dubois going to get benched? Uh, we'll talk about that and more next on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. What would you do with an extra $100 in Las Vegas? Well, while you consider that, uh, you should know that Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when you buy a big game ticket with the code Vegas100. That's where the big game is being played this year. Can't mention what it is, but I think you know what it is. It involves football and you guys have parties and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, with killer last minute deals and their best price guaranteed game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I have used game time to buy tickets to NHL and NFL games this year, and I am a satisfied customer. I love that you can see the view from your seats when you use the app looking for the tickets. All in prices show you the total up front so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use the code VEGAS100, V-E-G-A-S, 100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, Use the code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's Locked On Sports Today, here for you 24 7, covering the top stories in sports with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering. Every league, go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Well, I mentioned it earlier, but uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, his uh, promotion, if you want to call it that, to the top line, lasted all of five periods. At least that's what it looks like. Uh, head coach Todd McClellan moved Pierre-Luc Dubois back down to centering the third line and Quinton Byfield up to his winger spot on the top line. That was to start the third period against the Sharks. And hard to argue with the results as Q scored on his first shift back on the top line with Kopitar and Kempe. But now the question is, what's next with Pierre-Luc Dubois? Well, here's what uh, head coach Tom McClellan had to say afterwards. We have two quotes from the Kings head coach in this one. Uh, he said regarding Pierre-Luc Dubois, quote, we took him from center, put him on the wing. He ended up back in the middle. So far, so for as much as his play is his play, we may be confusing him, sending him all over the place. But at the end of the day, if PL gets four minutes, 
Or if PL gets 24 minutes, he has to be a difference maker and with or without the puck. We've gone through this long enough. It's time. End quote. Well, hard to disagree with the sentiment, um, but kind of hard for, if we're going to be fair about this, kind of hard for a guy to find his role on a new team when you're going to be moving him around. And Todd McClellan admitted as much. He said, maybe we're confusing him by what we're doing. So I, I, I have to say that I think getting something out of Pierre-Luc Dubois, getting him going is a priority for this team ultimately. Um, but I, I get where the Kings find themselves as well. Look, they're in a playoff fight right now. It's hard to do a lot of tinkering and experimenting at this point, especially to accommodate just one player. We'll see what the Kings lineup is coming up on Wednesday against Buffalo. And I'm going to give you what I think the lineup should be in a, in a minute. But this decision and ultimately how it works out will be a plus or a minus on the job that head coach Tom McClellan does this year. This is what a head coach has to figure out. How do you get the best out of your players? How do you put them in the best position to be successful? Is benching Pierre-Luc Dubois an option? Would some tough love be something that gets him going? I, I don't know enough about Pierre-Luc Dubois, the person, to know what makes him tick and if doing that would make things better or worse. Although it is kind of hard to believe it could be worse at this point. He is, Pierre-Luc Dubois is the worst on the team as far as plus minus, and it's not even close. Pierre-Luc Dubois is a minus 13 on the season. The next Closest player to him is Alex Laferriere. He's a minus five. 44 games this year for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Pierre nine goals and 19 points. He's on pace for 17 goals and 35 points. That might seem like that's not awful for a typical third-line center, but he wasn't brought in to be a typical third-line center. And forget about the salary. For me at this point, I know some people love to harp on that. And to me, that's something to worry about when it's all said and done. I'm not worried about it right i'm talking about focusing on the now this season now uh at the end of the year if you want to talk about how the kings can't do this and can't do that because of the money they're paying pierre looked ball that's fine we'll get into that i think when the season's over but for now for me it's about what he's doing now on the ice to help this king's team out this was obviously the big offseason acquisition this was the bold move by gm rob blake to strengthen the team down the middle to be a team to be difficult to play against. Andre Kobitar certainly started off like a house on fire. He's cooled off of late. Uh, Philip Deneau has been fantastic pretty much throughout the year. Pierre-Luc Dubois has been a disappointment. There's no other way to put it. But what do they do with him right now? I think the most likely place where he can find success, to me, is on that top line with Andre Kobitar and Adrian Kempe. I think you have to give it more time. And one of the biggest reasons why I think that that is ultimately where the Kings need to go for this season anyway, we'll talk again, is Pierre-Luc Dubois looked at as being a investment at the center position long-term? Yes, but we're talking about now, the here and now. I think Quentin Byfield has grown so much in such a short amount of time. I feel really confident that he can do a really good job as the third line center and make guys like whoever's on his wings, Jared Anderson, Dolan, Samuel Fogimo, potentially 
Uh, maybe Victor Arbison when he comes back, Alex LaFerriere. I think he can make those guys better, frankly, than Pierre-Luc Dubois can right now. I think what we've seen from Pierre-Luc Dubois in the moment, for whatever the circumstances are, he's more of a passenger than a driver. And I think him being a passenger, so to speak, on the top line with Kopitar and Kempe, I think that probably gives him a better chance at success and getting on track than him driving the third line, even though I know that was ultimately why he was acquired. But things change. You have to make adjustments on the fly, and where the Kings find themselves, it's hard to do a lot of tinkering in the moment because they need results. They need them now. I'm I'm saying give it more time with Pierre-Luc Dubois on the top line with Kobatar and Kempe. I think that they can help elevate him. And like I said, I think the, I feel even better about it because I really think Quentin Byfield can do the job on that uh, third line at center. Uh, my projected lineup going forward, and again, don't know what Todd McClellan is thinking. Well, we should have a better picture of what he's going to do coming up on Wednesday. But this would be my lineup for the LA Kings against the Buffalo Sabres. Pierre-Luc Dubois would be on the left wing on the top line with Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe. I think it needs more time. Obviously, you don't don't touch the second line at this point because they've been fantastic. Kevin Fiala, Trevor Moore, and Philip Deneau. Quentin Byfield would center the third line. I feel confident that he can get the job done. I would have him with Alex LaFerriere, and I would move Samuel Fogimo up to that third line to give him a little bit more of a chance to see what he can do. I thought he had a little bit better game against San Jose than he did in the uh, previous game against the Rangers. Um, but I would I would make that tweak. And then your third line, you've got Trevor Lewis until Blake Lazat comes back. With Carl Grundstrom and Arthur Kaliev on the wings, I would take Jarrett Anderson Dolan out of the lineup. Yes, he did have a really good game against the Rangers, but last game he went back to being the Jarrett Anderson Dolan that we normally see, someone who isn't really that active and doesn't make a difference. I just think with the offense needed by the LA Kings, Arthur Kaliev needs to get back in the lineup. As for the defense, uh, I would insert um, Brant Clark into that on the third third pairing on the right side, I would take Jordan Spence out of the lineup. And yes, in the game against the Sharks, if you saw it, Brant Clark had one major mistake, and it did cost the Kings a goal. He was out of position and couldn't get back on defense in time on the Sharks' third goal. It's one of those situations where a young player has to know the speed of the NHL and that things can change and move very quickly. And he did learn a, learn a hard lesson in that, but uh, certainly hopefully a lesson he will carry forward. But the rest of the game for Brent Clark, I thought he was pretty exceptional. He was creative. He was assertive. Uh, he was looking to make plays, both distributing the puck and shooting the puck. And I love Jordan Spence, and he has not done a bad job. It's not necessarily because he's you know he needs to be taken out of the line because he can't play the position. But Brent Clark just has – he probably had more playmaking moments in that game against the Sharks than Jordan Spence has had all season. At least that was my takeaway from it. Um, he had great outlet passes, made a few nice plays to hold the puck in, had a wonderful spin move in the second period to get a nice little shot on net, had a curl and drag move uh, on a shot attempt. Just creativity, the skill he has, the Kings need that in the lineup right now. And he did have a very nice defensive play in overtime. The Sharks had a mini two-on-one that he broke up and uh, helped to keep uh, a shot against uh, in overtime. So I just think that if you know he still needs to continue to have games like this, it can't just be a 
you know, once a week type of thing. And that's what separates the really, really good players in the NHL from the okay players. It's consistent efforts. But I think he definitely has that in his game. And I think he needs to get more, more ice time. I think Brent Clark should be starting on that third pairing along with Andreas England. I know there has been some talk about him and Spence playing together. I wouldn't go there at the moment. I still think you need a defensive presence along with a creative offensive guy. I think that that works out better. But uh, I, I think Brant Clark out there on the third pairing going forward, not saying you permanently bench uh, Jordan Spence, but I think Clark should start to get more action, and I think he should be the quarterback of that second power play. And I think that would really – help the Kings going forward as far as getting more offense. Uh, I did want to mention also the goaltenders. Uh, I think it's time to put Cam Talbot back in net. I think David Riddich certainly wasn't awful against San Jose, um, but he, you know, I know Cam Talbot had a couple of subpar outings. David Riddich got three consecutive starts. I was in favor of that. I think the, the, where the Kings are right now, you can't, you know, let a goalie work through an issue. You've got to play whoever the goalie is. It's going to be, give you the best chance to win. I think David Riddick did that for a few games, but I would go back to Cam Talbot against Buffalo and hope that he can reestablish himself before the all-star break as the Kings number one goalie again and play at that all-star level that we saw for most of the season. So again, those were the lineup changes I would like to see going forward for at least until the rest of the all-star break. PL Dubois on the top line on the wing, Quentin Byfield at center, uh, get Arthur Callia back in your bottom six as well. Brant Clark on the third pairing defensively and Cam Talbot back in net. We'll see what the LA Kings do coming up against Buffalo and in the immediate future. Uh, despite the bad loss, the Kings actually helped themselves in the standings. We'll talk about that next here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. We are just past the halfway point of the season, and it has been an up-and-down year for our LA Kings. Regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is Pick whether players like Trevor Moore, Kevin Fiala, or Quentin Byfield will record more or less than the sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, and for goalies, saves, plus, minus, and more for a given game. Kings fans, you can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with a sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks, and you could win big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That is LOCKEDONNHL, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, NHL see sleepers terms of use for details and local availabilities. The LA Kings face the Buffalo Sabres 7:30 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesday. Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast to your LA Kings with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search LA Kings. All right, let's take a look at the Pacific Division standings and the Western Conference playoff picture going into Tuesday's action. Uh, last night, as far as the scoreboard watching, Predators lost to the Panthers 4-1. to That's good news. Golden Knights lose in overtime to the Devils. That's sort of good news. Coyotes beat the Penguins 5-2. That was not good news. And the Canucks shut out the Blackhawks 2 to nothing. So Vancouver's still on top of the Pacific. Uh, they are looking to run away right now with the division. Uh, Vegas obviously did not play, so they're still in second place. And Edmonton also not in action last night. 
So they still have 53 points, and they're still riding that 13-game winning streak. So that's your top three in the Pacific, your automatic playoff teams at the moment. The LA Kings actually did gain ground on the Edmonton Oilers with that one point for the shootout loss. So the Kings are 22-13-8. and eight. And even though they are tied with the Oilers with 53 points, uh, the Oilers have the tiebreaker because they have a better points percentage. They've played two fewer games than L.A. So the Kings are still currently in that number one wildcard spot in the West. And Nashville wasn't able to gain any ground. They still have 51 points, two points back of the Kings. Actually, they didn't gain ground. They lost ground uh, with their loss. So they're 25-21-1 and one on the season. Predators are now... Uh, again, two points back of the Kings for the second wild card spot in the West. Uh, Arizona did win, so they gained ground. They've got 49 points uh, on the season. Uh, Calgary um, and uh, Seattle did not play, so they're still six points back of LA for a wild card spot. If the playoffs started today, it would be the LA Kings taking on the Winnipeg Jets. That would be the number one wild card team against the top team in the Central Division. As far as games coming up tonight to keep track of, Golden Knights are at the Islanders, Flames host the Blues, and the Oilers are at home against the Blue Jackets. Do you want to give you a quick rain report before we check out what did the Kings AHL affiliate do in Ontario over the past week or so? Well, they had a 1-3 and three record on uh, Tuesday, one week ago. They did beat the Abbotsford Canucks 4-3. That was the Alex Turcott game, we had mentioned it last week. Remember, he came back from injury, scored the game-winning goal. I think I said it was an overtime goal. Actually, it was a third-period goal, uh, the game-winner. So 4-3, uh, the only win for the rain this past Tuesday. Uh, Andre Lee had a pair of goals. Tyler Madden had one, and Eric Portillo uh, got the win in net, allowing three goals on 36 shots. Wednesday, they would lose the rematch against Abbotsford's uh, 2-1. Samuel Hellenius, the lone goal. Jacob Ingham took the loss, the tough loss. Two goals on 31 shots. Saturday, the rain lost at uh, versus Coachella Valley. Uh, the Firebirds, 4-2 was the final. Tyler Madden and Jacob Moverar with goals. Eric Portillo, the loss. Three goals allowed on 25 shots. And on Sunday, they lost to the Bakersfield Condors, 6-2. Hayden Hodgson and Alex Turcott had the goals for Turcott, his seventh of the year. Jacob Ingham allowed all six goals on 31 shots. So certainly it's not helping the Ontario rain right now, who had a one-and-three week. Uh, without Brant Clark, who was their leading points producer, and without Samuel Fagamo, who was their leading goal scorer, who have since been promoted to the LA Kings. But such is the life of an AHL team. Their ultimate goal is to supply players for the NHL team, and that's what the Reign have done. So good job by Ontario of getting those two guys ready to play in the NHL. Coming up this week for the Reign, they've got two games. Both of them are in Tucson against the Roadrunners coming up on Friday and Saturday. The rain right now on the season are 21, 14, and 4. They're in fourth place in the Pacific. All right, for you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch Locked on LA Kings every day coming up on Wednesday show, we will preview the Kings-Sabres home game and a special night for Kings captain Anjay Kopitar. Thursday, obviously, we'll recap the Kings-Sabres game. And on Friday, we'll another, have another Kings fan feedback show. Uh, maybe you want to comment on where you think Pierre-Luc Dubois should be in the lineup. Should Brant Clark be permanently or at least more consistently in the lineup on defense and uh, who's our goalie going forward right now is cam talbot the guy to get back in net all those questions uh, if you want to answer those you can send an email locked on eddie at gmail.com e-d-d-i-e locked on eddie at gmail.com and of course we always welcome your comments if you're watching on youtube in the comment section stay interactive with the show 24 7 by following us on x twitter and instagram we are at 
Locked On LA Kings. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you, as always, for listening and watching this episode of Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings go.